Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Praise God. Now, uh, the, the Holy Spirit's got some things to say last week. We talked a little bit about it. If you've not seen last week or watched last week, I encourage you to go back and do that. I talked about the difference between the presence of God and the anointing of God. I feel it's so very, very important for us to understand today as believers. We want to be effective. And this morning, I have a question for you. I like to ask people questions because I think it challenges them in the same way it challenges me. I was going to go a different way, but this thing wouldn't, it just couldn't come out of my heart. So here it comes out of my mouth. Amen. It was just boiling in there. And, and I got to ask you today, are you a risk taker or a safety seeker? Think of that. And if any of you sitting here today said, well, I'd be a risk taker if I could know the parameters first. <laughs> you are not a risk taker. <laughs> and everybody went, well, I'd like to be a risk taker. Neither are bad. But you should know who you are. We talk about righteousness and every, when we grew up, we used to sing the song, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Do you remember that song? That's okay. We'll pass today. Um, if we really sought the righteousness of God, we're not seeking rules. We're seeking the person of Jesus Christ and believe in that. And then we'll have the kind of joy that, that Pastor Jason was talking about. Yeah, we should seek righteousness first. Let's seek Jesus and get those clothes on. Amen? Throw off that old garment. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 says, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. This was an instruction to who? Did anybody know? Yeah. It, was, it wasn't to Jesus. <laughs> Amen? Although his assignment was similar. He said, Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Notice how that's somewhere sort of in the middle. Raise the dead like it's normal. Everybody goes, well, we'll heal the sick, maybe. Well, on a, on a gradual basis because that's all we can believe for and expect. Are you having fun yet? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. I like it because when we talk about healing the sick, we're not just talking about Physically sick, there are some people who need emotional healing. Yeah. Cleansing the lepers means that which is dead is being restored. Amen. There's, because if you had leprosy, you might be healed from leprosy. The disease might have gone out, of, but you might be missing a few fingers or toes or maybe a piece of your skin. It, it was a devastating disease. When we're seeing about healing the lepers, we're seeing that which was restored that was removed by the enemy. Are you here today? There's some restoring that needs to happen. I can tell you, having had the motorcycle accident, the sky grass incident, that there were certain parts that had to be restored even after I was healed. I didn't have strength. I needed strength restored. 
many people receive that healing in their body, but they know they need something more. The lady with the issue of blood, she was healed of her issue, but she had spent all she had on physicians trying to get healed. She could have used some restoring in the financial department. She certainly wasn't giving it to God. There was some restoration that needed to take place. Uh, Raise the dead. I think we're living in an era where we got some dead that needs to be raised up. And I'm not just talking physically. I'm talking spiritually. And we look out and we can, this is where so much judgment has happened in the church. People have looked out of their eyes and they said, well, that church down the block, they're dead as doornails. And, And we've measured by our own standard instead of the word of God. That's where judgment always goes wrong. When we use our own stick to measure things. When we use our own experiences. Well, this is what I think is right. And then we measure a situation according to that. Well, that's trouble, right? You could be dead and sitting here in this church this morning. Absolutely. How do you know if you're dead? Dead people don't talk. Dead people aren't affected by things around them. Dead people smell. I live next to a graveyard. I know about dead people. They always have dirt all over them. They usually put a lot of nice things around them, and their hair keeps growing even after they're dead. You can't use natural measures. It's a weird thing. Even their, even their ears and their nose keep growing. It's an odd thing, but it's the truth. They don't smell well, and usually there's bugs everywhere. You think, well, what has that got to do with spiritual life? I tell you what, (laughs) I've seen some things. (laughs) When people are living and embracing the flesh, the flesh has an odor about it. The things of God are sweet savor. And kindness that I mentioned earlier today has a sweet savor. Things that are unkind smell bad. Offenses of rotten smell. It will taint every word. And you could be saying and quoting scriptures, but when offense is gripping your heart because of some injustice, I'm not saying that things happen that are correct. I'm not saying abuse is right. But when offense has gripped your heart, the smell of death will come out on your words. Raise the dead. There is an anointing for that. The presence of God, we can be changed from glory to glory. Most people don't get in. That's why they don't get changed. And that's where the anointing helps. Because God will anoint someone to come into your life to bring this kind of healing to you. So even if you get stuck, God will help you. Amen? Let's go to 1 John chapter 2. We talk about the anointing. God's so good. Amen? I'm about to say God's good. I'm going to like this today, even if it stings. (laughs) Amen. I've got to be so much better. You know, God trims us so we can grow more fruit. I'm not sure. You know, have you ever trimmed a tree? Has anybody here ever trimmed trees besides me? You know, fluid comes out of it every time. You know, the trees sort of bleed in their own way. (laughs) I'm in 1 John chapter 2. So when there's a cutting, there's always some fluid released. (laughs) And uh, we hope it's the good kind. Amen. Now I'm going to read out of the Amplified. We like that. I'm going to start at verse 18. Uh, It says boys, which is kind of funny. 
little children in King James. So I'm 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. It's the last time, the hour at the end of this age, as you have heard that the Antichrist, he will who oppose Christ in the guise of Christ, is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have arisen, which confirm our belief it's the final end time. Now, how many people know Jesus didn't come back then? There are some people who believe he did. That's another sermon for another day. We don't believe he's come yet. We do believe he is coming back. He came the first time. That wasn't a lie. He'll come the second. He'll keep his promise. Amen. So we know that there are antichrists. If there were antichrists then, there are probably some now. Antichrists are against Christ, against the anointing. And I want you to hear me. Because there are many things that are against the anointing, but they're subtle. We always assume, well, I won't say we always, but some assume that as long as they're sitting in church, they're not against the anointing. But if you're not flourishing and harvesting on the word sown, there may be a place in you that you have been against what's being said. As soon as we speak about uh, there being different places and God setting different people and we talk about order as we did last week, know those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord. We like the first part, but not so much the second. We don't like the idea of people being over us, but Jesus is and his shepherds are and we didn't plan it that way. He did and we should love it because it's his plan and his plan is a purpose and it's for good and help and blessing, not for cursing, control and crazy. Amen? So just keep breathing. But if we talk about people being over you and you immediately go, Mah! I said, I'm going to the church down the block. You may be against the anointing. There are people God put in my life, and I didn't always agree with them, but they were over me. And when I hear them, I'm blessed and I'm protected. And it's good. We know there are people who are against the anointing. I'm not going to change what I do in the morning. I'm going to keep putting on my makeup like I do. I'm going to keep getting dressed. I'm going to brush my teeth and my hair. I'm not going to stop because people don't follow the word of God. And neither should any of you. So we know that. They went out from our number. See what I mean? I didn't like it. Meh. Door shut. Slam. Or this. I'm here. I don't like it, but I'm here, and my mother made me. There were times when I was a teenager, I felt that way. <laughs> but, um, you know, there was this great thing in the Salvation Army, the kind of chairs they had, they were wooden, and they were like in a theater, and so the seat bottoms came up and down. And because they were wood and they were connected with metal, if you moved, the whole, the whole church knew Squeak, 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 squeak. And I don't sit still in the first place. So you got to know uh, the whole church knew. And there she is squeaking in that chair again. And what they had is they had these people. They would stand at the back. And once the sermon was preached, and it wouldn't be long, but it'd be pointed, they'd begin to sing, Just as I am without one plea, but that your you know, blood was shed for me. And they'd play it. And the lady behind the piano, she'd start looking around. She'd look. 
and they'd have people standing at the back. They'd be looking for the wigglers. They were called fishers in the Salvation Army, and they'd be fishing for the wigglers. <laughs> Ha-ha! And then they'd come and stand beside you. Don't you need to go to the altar today? <laughs> and when you saw the fisher come out, you better run, because they're coming to get you in a way. <laughs> I learned to respond quickly. <laughs> Not because I was convicted, because I was afraid. <laughs> uh, and I didn't want to be embarrassed. I figured, well, they all know I'm, I'm not living right. They, they know because of the wiggling. It was convicting, you know. You're all falling. They'd use that scripture. How do I know Romans 3 so well? Because we had to memorize the whole business. And, and I knew I was full of sin, and then I'd be wiggling in the chair, squeak, 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 you know, and I just, so I surrender all. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they kneeled at their altar, not, not in the safe way we do it now, standing. <laughs> Mind you, it probably isn't that safe because when we fall down, if somebody doesn't catch you, God will. Amen. <laughs> we wore out our knees on that altar, I'll tell you what. But somewhere in there, God did reach me. I still wiggle. <laughs> he says, they went out from our number, but they did not really belong to us. For had, if they had been with us, they would have remained with us. You see, there's this great part in getting to know one another is you get to know our heart. I didn't, de you know, say, yes, God, I'm going to obey you and, and, and be your minister and submit to those things because of a paycheck. If I'd done that, I'd have left a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, I was offered, I even recently got offered a job in Vancouver Coastal Health at a big salary. I mean, when I say big, it's government, and it had a big package with it. They have not stopped sending me the invites to this. Please send in your resume. No. <laughs> no, I'm not coming. <laughs> if it was about salary, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. You get to know me. And you know I'm here for you. And not because he made me do it. I kind of like it. And it's not just Sunday mornings. <laughs> there are other times I'm thinking, you know, at three in the morning, not so much. <clears throat> or when I get a call early on a Sunday morning and somebody's young child is has drug overdosed. Can you pray with me? That was today. That's how my day started. Those are days. And those are moments. And we get up. And God is with us. Do I like that part? I like being able to speak the word. I know that there was anointing to bless, to encourage, and there was a get up on the other side. There was confidence that came. Confidence. And we got up and loved each other through the phone. God is good. There was an anointing for that because of the gifting of my life. In my natural man, I couldn't do those things. The presence of God wasn't like it was during our praise and worship. It wasn't, la, la, la. and I, you know, I mean, I, I get fired up, but it doesn't take much. The fire's burning, so it just, you know, throw a match near me, and it's like, <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> but there are people, and, and does it concern me that people go out from us? 
because I sense that they've left something that could have changed their life forever. But who is here and who watches online? Those who crave something more. We can see things change around us. He said, but they withdrew that it might be plain that they're not all of us. Sometimes we spend a lot of our time chasing those who are not of us. That doesn't say to do that there either. Doesn't say to do that. And we get more concerned with those who say, well, I'm not with that bunch. You know, they're, they're oranges and I'm an apple. I don't fit there. And we're trying to make an orange and apple. And it's not working. But there's apples all around us we're not looking out for. We're not taking care of. We're not spending time with the apples God sent with us. Let's enjoy who God did place around us. Because we're anointed for those who are around us, who he places us with. We're anointed to love each other, to bless one another, to stand with one another, to encourage one another. Everyone here has a story. Everyone. Everyone goes through something. Amen. He says, but you have been anointed. You hold a sacred appointment from and you've been given an unction from the Holy One, and you know the truth, or you know all things. Now, here's where a lot of mistakes have been made. Well, that's it. <clears throat> I got the Holy Ghost. I can pray in other tongues. And they pray. It's a Hyundai, Hyundai, Shittabataconda, all of that. They got the Holy Ghost, so they know everything. They don't need you. I got the Holy Ghost. I don't need anybody. Last week I talked about sideliners. That's one way to do it. There's nothing in that scripture that says, oh yes, you have the Holy Ghost. Stop being educated and disconnect from the body of Christ. No. As a matter of fact, the disconnection was the people who left, who didn't like the anointing. There are other people besides you who like it. Stay with them. You might find out something you didn't know. I learned from other people. I get blessed by the other pastors and some of you. I enjoy your stories. I had a wonderful time at prayer meeting. It was so good, everybody praying. It was wonderful. It wasn't like, well, the pastors will do all the praying and other people will say amen. No, it's not like, mm. <laughs> I don't like those kind of prayer meetings. I, if that's how it is, I can pray at home. Amen? I've heard my prayers. <laughs> I'm glad Jesus does too, but I like to pray with other people. Amen? <laughs> If you haven't been to one of our, our prayer meetings, come on in and have fun. Amen. So it doesn't let you off the hook of proper education because you have the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> we just have to put that scripture back where you found it and then see what surrounds it. Amen. <laughs> Did you hear me? Put it back where you found it and see what surrounds it. How, put it in context. See what the whole picture is. And then you'll see that it's not talking about your personal education level. Amen. <laughs> we want to be able to walk with Jesus. Jesus walked with disciples. Some of them were nuts. <laughs> Some of them were, one of them betrayed him. But he didn't kick him out. He knew Judas was going to betray him, and he didn't kick him out before he did. I think of all the bold things, I think, now that's a risk taker, but he knew the plan. When you know the plan, then you're a safety seeker. Amen. Safety seekers aren't bad. I'm a safety seeker for my salvation. <laughs> I'm not going to risk hell. You know what I'm saying? 
risk going there? I don't think so. I'm going to see the plan, see how it was all laid out, and then I'm going to take it. Now, it might look risky to those around you because you might say, well, if you, if you give it all up for God, you're going to take a terrible risk. You're going to leave everything behind. You're going to lose all your friends. Welcome to salvation. <laughs> you're going to risk your eternal life because you didn't like what was going on in a church somewhere? I'm a safety seeker. <laughs> Jesus, help us all. Let's go to Hebrews 4 and have some more fun. Amen. Are you, having, are you enjoying this? Praise God. I expect that. See, I have learned. I have a gift of exhortation. Amen. Do you know the gifts that lie in you? Are you ready to let them be used in the body of Christ? Are you ready to let someone else get to know them? Amen. See, one of the great things that happens is when we get to know each other, I get to know your gifts. When I know your gifts, I work with you better. I'm not going to ask someone who is constantly late, who is constantly uh, the last-minute person. They might be a great person and great to call out. I had this one instance where we were, I was going to, on a ministry trip, and uh, they were going to catch a ride with me in the same car to the airport, and, and I had had experience with their lateness before. And now it's like, uh, I'm getting, and, and we're waiting. Where are you? Where are you? And I'm phoning, phoning. I'll be there shortly, 20 minutes later. And, and we were still in Surrey. We hadn't even got over the bridge and on the way to the Vancouver airport. And they finally arrive about, you know, I'll be there in 10 minutes. It was 20. I have to pack my bag. I think I was sweating bullets. <laughs> I swear. I, I don't like to be late. I think if I'm not half an hour early before a meeting, there's something wrong. So you can understand my stress level. But I looked at it late. I thought, and when we got to the counter, finally, we did make it there. We didn't have time to, they just put, because we didn't have baggage, we were just doing a quickie turnaround to Calgary. And we had a carry-on. He said, okay, go through. The lady looks at us. The lady at the counter with the tickets. She said, I shouldn't even be letting you on. And she, she's giving me the thing. And I'm like, buddy, who's the late guy, doesn't own up. He doesn't say, it was all my fault. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I was already sweating. I was so angry. Oh. And I get on the plane and I sit down. I'm like, because oh, 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 oh. we like ran. And I knew it was all my fault. wasn't his. It wasn't his. It was my fault. I knew better. My anger, the stress, the freaking out, I'm responsible for my emotions. He's like, la, la, he's sitting on the plane, smiling. I goes to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, so what am I doing on the plane? Jesus, I'm so sorry, man. I, I blew you there. <laughs> repenting for an hour flight, you know, to Calgary because I kept going over it in my head because I just wouldn't let go because he didn't say he was sorry, but that wasn't my fault either. He didn't even know it was his normal activity level. He would never apologize for what his normal life was. And I was expecting him to come up to my level and do life how I did life, and I was offended for it. I don't know how we got here, but we did. <laughs> 
no one here has ever done anything like that. You see, when I knew his gift and I understood his gift, I, I knew that was something I, I should never have done. It was my fault, totally. And if I was going to minister, I was going to have to make sure I could, you know, like, let's go back. Let's say, Jesus, I need that righteousness. I threw my coat somewhere on when I was getting on the plane. I threw it off and got in my flesh and wore that jacket well. Amen. <laughs> like, pick up the coat, put the righteousness on. Why do we put on righteousness? Why do we ever take it off? Well, we take it off because we think we can get vengeance. <laughs> It doesn't last. It doesn't last. When you have a soft heart, you know, God goes to work on it. No one had to tell me I needed to repent. I didn't have to go to a service and have someone preach a convicting sermon about how, how offense works and how it gets deep in your heart. Now, no, now it's there. And praise God, the next day people were healed and it was wonderful and God moved and we're grateful. But my, 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 <coughs> no gifts that are among you. Know the gifts. Get to know each other. If you get to know me, you'll also get to know that I ride motorcycles. Um, but uh, not just that. I like to have fun all the time. But I also like quiet time. I like to read and, and, and I, well, read. And, and I, I just enjoy that. I actually live a quiet life outside of church when I'm not answering the phone or reading or praying. My praying doesn't happen to be so quiet. And <laughs> I'm sure all my neighbors know I pray. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Get to know each other. And it, and it brings a settling. It brings a settling. Many people come to me and they think, how can I ever have peace? How can I walk in that? You seem to. Well, I faced myself a few times with Jesus. And that's something we don't necessarily like to do. We think we're all going to be great risk takers and that if you're a fanatical Christian or living for God, that somewhere along the line, you're taking risks every day. But actually, when you come to Jesus and you understand and you begin to get his plan, freely he gave. Freely I received and now freely I give to others. So there's no pressure. It removes the pressure element. There's nothing saying, that's it, you better get up today. And I, I used to, I, if I didn't read 20 chapters every day, I'd start to have like a little, am I being a good pastor? I didn't read 20 chapters a day. I tortured myself. That wasn't God. It wasn't God. It's hard to enjoy when you're getting down your 20 chapters just so you can read the Bible through in two months. Did I do it for, yeah, I did. But it didn't help me grow. I'm being very real with you so that you can understand and get to know me more. If you get to know me more and understand the gifts, you'll relate better. You'll come with different expectation. Expectation is such a key to receiving the word of God. Each one of our pastors has different giftings and different ways. And this is a great thing to help you understand your own gifting. Now, there's such a smorgasbord of food out there that we can all listen to. You will find often, if you think, well, I don't really understand my gifting, how it works. Take a look at who is your favorite guy to turn to uh, online. Look at the different pastors and say, which one do you relate to more? Now, you can receive from all of them. And, I've, I, you know, I sit down and I make sure that I listen to a variety because I, I believe that that feeds me better. I need to eat my vegetables. So, I, I, you know, there's some that I listen to on purpose. Some teaching, uh, there was one fellow and I would listen to him. He had great word and he could break it open in ways and I learned from him. He was a Mennonite man, 
He taught at, at uh, um, Trinity. He taught church history. He, he never had any volume in his voice. It was always one level just like this. But what he taught was phenomenal. But listening to him for more than 15 minutes, it took everything I had to get through a half an hour. I'm like, my folk, I was so tired from focusing on his words. <laughs> Jesus, I'd be praying, God help me. And what he's saying is really good and it's helpful and I'm learning. But dear Jesus, history doesn't have to be that boring. Um, let your voice go up and down a little bit. He finally got filled with the Holy Ghost, and he went up, you know, one notch and then down one. <laughs> you know, he was a wonderful man of God. <laughs> we listen to people, but that's not who I would turn to in a, you know, a flash. Who speaks to you will help you understand your own gifting because it, it'll nurture the gift that God put in you. And you say, oh, and this is what I've heard from them. I'm like that. I can feel, I connect. It's, it's like it's real. It speaks to me. Hmm? Chances are there's a gift inside of you that's similar. You have a similar makeup. You have a similar approach to the word of God. Are, is that person an evangelist, a teacher, a prophet, an apostle? What is their calling? What, how do they minister to you? It will help you understand your own gifting. Now, that doesn't make you uh, any of those things, but it helps you understand when you know what food you like and how it feeds you. Does everybody here eat different things? And some because we like, and some because we know it's good for us. Right? Yeah. Amen. Fries must have some value, I'm sure. <laughs> They're potatoes. They come from the ground. They're natural. <laughs> I am quite certain in my life that anything deep fried was meant for me. <laughs> but I haven't had anything deep fried for a while. And I'm not going to cry over it. Amen. Did we find a favorite? I was going to Hebrews chapter 4. We're trying to get there. I better grab some water. Just a minute. Help you find Hebrews chapter 4. We're having fun today because we're, we're, this is a full of life church and God's doing wonderful things in you. I want to assure you that as you get to know your own gifting and you get to know others, that you're not going to die today. Amen? And we're all going to be different. And some of you go, I like her. She's funny. I'm not always funny. Sometimes I have a very sober moment. They are moments, but they are there. <laughs> Amen. And don't, don't get me on the, if somebody hurts my sheep, I got knives. Amen. An abundant amount. And I know how to use them. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. I'm reading out of the Amplified. Praise God. See, the joy of the Lord's your strength. You're receiving it today. Amen. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. <laughs> Get that armor on. Don't take it off anymore. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, well, the promise of entering his rest still holds and is offered today. Hello, that means it's for when? Now. now. So the promise of peace, the promise of rest, the promise of all these things, the promise of you figuring out what God wants you to do with your life, because there's rest in that. How much of this world struggles? What are you going to do with your life? Oh, I hated that in high school. I think it starts in elementary school. What do you want to do when you grow up? I don't know. They do it in kindergarten. Yeah. yeah. I remember when, when one of our kids was coming out of preschool, and they did that, and they had all these kids line up. And, and well, I think our, ours was saying, I want to be a nurse. And, and, but somebody before her had said, I want to be a horse trainer. 
And suddenly, it went through them all. I want to be a horse trainer, too. <laughs> I'm going to be a horse trainer. Yeah, they do that. And, you know, now it's like, I want to be a prophet. <laughs> mm, no, you don't. Nope, nope, dum, 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 no. With every call, there comes a great responsibility. God going to hold you. Oh, I'll be a teacher. Well, yeah, you know what it says in James about teachers? What does it say in James about teachers? You're going to be judged harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to give an account. Leaders have to give an account to God for what they say and what they don't say. And yeah, and how they say it and who they ministered to and, and obedience on a whole new level. <laughs> Is that really what you think you want to do? Obey God to the call and then you'll be happy and in his rest. There's rest in knowing and being where God set you. And it's, it's, oh, it's, it's such a relief. I did fight it for a length of time. That's, because, that's how come I know about the unrest part. Therefore, while the promise of entering in his rest still holds in his offer today, let us be afraid. What? It's funny wording in the Amplified, but I'll explain in a minute. To distrust it, lest any of you should think he's come too late and has come short of reaching it. See, there's a place where people think it's too late. Even today. Well, that's it. You know, I didn't do what was right in the last year and a half. Maybe I should have gone in one of those protests and maybe I should, you know, get in the face of some politician and yell and scream and dance around. Maybe I was supposed to. Maybe I was supposed to. Maybe I was supposed It's too late. It's too late. I ministered to one particular individual several years ago. And they were so stuck right there. They felt they'd blown it so bad. God had called them to full-time ministry. And they were stuck in the, it's too late. And, and I got, it was a phone call come, you know. I come to the home. And the person was pacing like a wild animal. So tormented, pacing back and forth. It's too late. It's too late. I've blown it. It's too late. That's 20 years ago. I said, that's a lie, and it comes from the father of lies. No! And then the thing growled at me. They cast out devils. There's an anointing for that. There was an anointing for that healing. Too late is a devil's lie. And it gets in people. Don't you believe that lie? Let us be afraid to distrust the promise of God. God said, there's a promise of rest. There's a promise of rest. And well, I've made so many mistakes. Yeah. Paul made a few. David made a few. People on earth have made a few. I made a few. It's not too late. Those words come straight out of the pit. If it needs to come out, let it be. Let it come out of the people of God. Let the chains of it come off. Let them be broken because they already were by the blood of Jesus. 
You don't need to wear that garment one more second. You don't need to wear it. You need to throw it off. You're a lie. And I cast you down. You will not hold me captive anymore. I will not be limited by those words. I'm not trusting the lies of the enemy one more second. Hasn't he had too long? Too long. Too long. Oh, there's an anointing for that. There's a deliverance for those who've been captive and the devil has sown lies into. Oh, there's a precious anointing for deliverance from that. And it may not be a physical chain, but it sure chained a few people. Perhaps that was the chain that caused that withdrawal from that anointing we talked about in 1 John chapter 2. Perhaps that was the against the anointing. They felt that pressure and they said, no, I can't face the fact that I embraced a lie. Perhaps that's what it was. It doesn't matter. God's not going to hold that against you. People have believed lies before you. It's time for you to sit back and say, that's it. It's time for you to come to verse 2. For indeed, we have had the glad tidings, the gospel of God proclaimed to us just as truly as everyone who's gone before us. And just as truly as you've had it in your life. It is still true today. God's word is still true. It is still true. It is still true. And it doesn't matter what ditch you've stepped into. It doesn't matter how muddy your feet got. It doesn't matter. What matters is what Jesus has done for you and me. He said they proclaimed to us just as truly as to the Israelites of old when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. That's the picture. That's the picture. The Israelites being held captive. But we've been captive just as much today. We've been captive by the lies through the media that says, this is how this is going to unfold and you're going to have to do everything we said according to the government. You just wait. These things are going to happen. Well, you know what? They're not God. They don't get to determine how we move throughout the country. They don't get to put limits on where and how the gospel is proclaimed. They don't get to do that. Not ever. I don't believe their lies. God has a destiny on my life and he's got a destiny on some of yours. And if you need to move around for the gospel's sake, that door will open. Amen? It will. The government doesn't get to dictate those things. They are just men. And they speak primarily out of fear or out of the lies they have believed. But we don't have to believe any of them. Amen? Look at what happened back there. I mean, didn't that king, that pharaoh, my goodness, he was full of lies. And some people, even when they got out, and even when God separated the waters, even when they walked through on dry land and got to the other side, still had captivity marks. The chains till still showed where they had been. There were scar tissue and it came out of their mouth. The complaints, the whining. Will God provide? I hear it still today. Will God deliver us from this? Will he deliver? He delivered us in this last year. Did he not? 
Did miracles stop because some people were staying home? Didn't restrain God at all. I've heard this coming out of people's mouth. I call it pain speak. Their pain is coming out on every word. So I know it's there and it's very real. But somewhere, it's because they believed the lie. That somehow it's too late to change things. Or it's gone too far. How far do you think you can get from God when he's omnipresent? I have questions. Questions to provoke you. To get us to a people who think again. Who consider. How many times in the Bible it says, consider this. Consider. Take this. Take that. Think about God. Don't take a thought about the world, but take a thought about what Jesus says. Meditate on my word. Consider the promises. Consider them. Think about them. Meditate on the things that are sure. We can count on them. We can count on a God that does not lie. How did the lie get in? How did it get to the point where we thought, that's it. They've gone too far. The message they heard did not benefit them. Because it wasn't mixed with faith. We've made faith into this big mysterious object. That only a few very special people will ever tap into. We'll read books about them for sure. I've read a few. Bless the Lord. Paul seemed to have faith. I don't know if we'll have faith. Seems to be far off. Gone too far for faith. <laughs> faith is so simple. Pastor Jason's message on righteousness is the very essence of what it is. To have faith. Simply believe in the word of God. That's all. It's a simple decision. The thing is. You didn't recognize. Where choice lied. If you can see. The place of choice. You can see. Where you can choose to believe. When you are stuck. In the cloud. Of too far or too late. That dusty cloud tries to cover up where choice lies. Say, I didn't know I could choose different. I didn't even see it was there. I thought it was the only way out to just resign, to step back. The eye that was clouded by the dust of the faith is too impossible for me. Don't you see? Actually, I don't see. I don't see that. I see Jesus, who is the very author and the finisher of my faith. Because when I thought I couldn't do it, he was there. Because the life that I now live right here, present on the earth, I don't live by my own faith. I live by the Son of God who gave his life for me. And that's the faith that I walk in. I don't doubt Jesus had faith. I figure he had a lot of faith. Because whatsoever is not a faith of sin, and he didn't sin. 
So I figure he must have faith. So in Galatians, let's, let's, let's go there and let's close there. Well, we'll try anyway. Praise the Lord. I didn't think I'd ever say that, but there's just, I've been praying a lot and God's got lots of things to say, man. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Galatians chapter 2. should probably all memorize this. I'm a good, you know. <clears throat> Verse 20. I'm crucified with Christ. That's the part we don't like. Too late for that. I'm too old. <clears throat> you're not too old if you're breathing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Don't be afraid to live. <laughs> Waiting for the penny to drop. Nevertheless, I live. There's this other lie that's so subtle that says you can never put an I in a sentence as long as you're a Christian. And I understand some people have gone overboard with the eyes and, and you know, I, I laid hands on them and they were made well and we better not say that because you're trying to take the glory from God like as if I could steal it from him. But the other side of the coin and panicking and going, wait, no, it was God, it was God, it wasn't me, it had nothing to do with me, it had nothing to do, you know what, I have faith. And I live by faith. And I walk by faith. And when I lay hands on the sick, they recover. Not because of anything I've done, because that's what the word says and I just obeyed it. It's just a fact. It's not about me. I just happen to be the hands and the feet and the mouth. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I actually did lay hands on them. And they did recover. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It doesn't say Jesus is stepping off the throne that day, coming right down, walking in front of you, and the very essence of Jesus will come out of you somehow in a ghostly form and put their hand in between you and the person you're praying for like some kind of magical dust and go in between you and the person and boom, they're healed. That is not how that works. It says you lay hands on the sick and that's what happens. Yeah. I did it. But I didn't do the healing. I just did the laying on of hands. That was it. Not a, no more. No less, but no more. Nevertheless, I live. I live. I'm walking. I'm breathing. I'm talking. And so are most of you. <laughs> Amen? Well, we're, you know, there might be a few dead ones. So we're waking them up today. Amen? <laughs> the dead in Christ shall rise. Amen? <laughs> Praise Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Stay with me now. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And it's okay for you to lay hands on the sick. It's okay for you to raise the dead. It's okay for you to cast out devils. Freely you receive. Start freely giving. Make sure you're connected. Make sure you know the family you've got. Make sure when you go out and do that, you're connected. And somebody's praying with you. Don't go by yourself and do weird things. Amen? Oh, my goodness. They never went out by themselves. Jesus always traveled in a little group. Amen. And it's much more fun when you're together. Yes, we laid hands on the sick and we watched God do his thing. Because I can't heal anybody. He sure does, but I did the... And primarily, it's not really about the hands. <laughs> Let's just step back for one more minute and give you one more piece. So we want to see people laying hands on people and 
seeing them get well and all of that. We want you to go out with some confidence, knowing God's with you. Get connected. Get to know us. Know that you're with us. And tell us when you're going and pray for somebody. We'll pray for you. Amen? It's primarily about the spoken word. Primarily. When we've gone places, one particular time we had a whole group. We got together and prayed. Now, because we were going to the hospital, they didn't really want a whole crowd that we prayed with at prayer meeting to go with us in the hospital because it was a it was a child. She was a small child. And she was suffering from a brain tumor. I went by myself, but not really. Not technically. <laughs> technically, I had a whole army praying for me. We had prayed together the night before. We'd anointed a cloth. <clears throat> Pardon me. When I got there, the Lord told me to speak the word to them, to the parents. As we spoke the word, this child who had not been able to keep any food down for two weeks ate pizza. The whole, we're like, I'm watching, and I'm thinking she was just normal because she was sitting up and she was conversing with us and I thought, oh, nothing wrong here. She looked totally fine. And they're like crying. I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't know how sick she was. She goes, oh, you don't understand. She couldn't even hold her head up. She hasn't eaten. She just throws up all the time. I'm like, oh. And uh, that tumor disappeared. And, and God was good. We, yes, we did lay hands on her after and all of those good things. Um, but we spoke the word. Signs follow the preaching of the word. I'm crucified with Christ. I put myself aside. It's the least I could do. My least service. My least. Nevertheless, I live. So do you. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. I'm never empty. I'm never dry. I'm not believing lies because something happens inside and goes, that's a lie. Listen to it. The life which I now live in the flesh, because we do live in a body, it is a flesh, it's not against us, and it's not a curse. It's just a shell. Hmm? I live by the faith of the Son of God. We know that faith operates by love, and so here it comes. Who loved me? I can walk by faith because I know he loves me. I've seen him do some wonderful things. I expect to see some more. I can walk that way because of great confidence that he doesn't never lie. He loves me abundantly. And when I feel tapped out, all I have to do is recognize where the choice is. Go, hey, wait a minute. I give my life up. I'm living this life by his kind of faith. Jesus never comes short. I was the only one who did. Amen. God's so good. Freely we received. Freely we give. Don't add a price tag to it. Don't get the I owe you because I prayed for you. Mm -mm. Freely we receive. Freely give. It's easy to fall into that trap. The devil's got them all over the place. But it's not too late. Amen. Oh, Jesus, you're so good. Some of you watching today are still feeling very trapped. 
I don't want you to get into the blame game. It doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. What matters is now. What matters is today. What matters is what we do from here on in. You see the choice now. Just take the step. I'm not going to be lying to you anymore. There is a promise of rest for me. Father, I thank you. I thank you for that mighty revealing today of choice and where it is. Where that choice lies. That we'd be strong in that choice. That you're people who've held back not knowing where to say yes and what to say yes to. That their yeses would become stronger today than they've been before. We thank you for that great strength rising in every person. God, that you're with us and helping us. And that faith where it's been a mystery is no longer. But just that great decision to trust and believe your word. That what you promised is the truth. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the living God. Let's stand up on our feet. God, you're good. Amen. You happy? Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. She's going to sing something, and we're going to pray for some of you. Get that thing broken off of you. You don't have to be wrapped up in lies. You don't have to be limited. That limitation's going to come off in Jesus' name. The place where you thought it's too late. You've got breath in you. You've got breath in you. It's not too late. It's not too late for some of your family members. Some of you watching online, you've got family members. You think, I don't know how this message will ever get to them. They've gone too far. No, they have not. No, they've not. We don't believe that lie. We don't receive it in Jesus' name. If they've never known the Holy Spirit, if they've never walked with Him, they've never committed that, that uh, sin against the Holy Ghost. So don't you ever believe that lie. It's too late for them. It's not too late. It's not too late. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, as they pray for their relatives overseas and those who are online today. Father, I thank you for that divine place of connection. I thank you that they'll pray with strength. They'll pray with confidence. They'll pray with a knowing of situation. A knowing of situation. That they'll rise again and believe your word. Where they've taken a step back, they'll go forward. In Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., B3W3B1.